Action Park Media. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is a very exciting episode today. I was able to chat to the phenomenal Dr. Khan. He's one of the best minds on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, we chat all about stem cell research, uh, tech, advances in overall well-being, plus some great tips that you can take home after listening to this uh, to ensure that you have better overall health. So without further ado, this is Pretty Depressed with Dr. Khan. Kicking it off, I am joined by the amazing Dr. Khan. Now, I came across your Instagram and woof, it is just a wealth of delight of knowledge. And you seem like such a fun, curious person. So I really wanted to have you on the show. I want to get into sort of stem cell research and everything that you're passionate about. But first of all, the best place to start is to explain, I guess, what is regenerative medicine? Because that seems to be what your whole thing is. And how did you get into it? Yeah, regenerative medicine is so exciting because it, it was always one of those things we talked about probably even since the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was like this promise of the idea that, hey, instead of cutting stuff out, we can fix your body and repair it back to the way it was. So having an injury in your shoulder or your knee and you have a tear in it, can we regrow that muscle or can that tendon instead of having to go in there and stitch it, you know, or having to cut it out because it's too damaged. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to figure out if we can do it so that we can actually restore it back to a previous state. And it took about 30 years since the like discovery of stem cells, which was in the early 90s, to get to this point now where we can actually use it clinically. So, of course, I'm sure people are wondering you know, about stem cells. Uh, but basically, stem cells, just think of them as like little molecules that help your body to repair and regrow new tissue. That's pretty much all they do. And there's different types of stem cells. But at the end of the day, they're able to divide, they're able to grow new tissue. That's really the function, the main function of them. And it's, it's, it's like, why did it take so long to use stem cells? It's probably multiple factors, but the biggest thing was figuring out how we can use them without causing any tumors or without causing any side effects. And so that was, because obviously if you have, you have stem cells, they can keep growing. And so we figured out how to do that. And now we're at a point where we can use them for so many different things. So it's, it's super exciting because this is the beginning of regenerative medicine. So in 20 years from now, it's going to be a completely different world. Like it's not going to be pharmaceuticals and surgically different. It's going to be driven by gene therapy and cell therapy. And out of curiosity, what is the most exciting development for you at the moment? So I'm about to do a run with Red Bull, which is fascinating. One, because I don't know, have never run, but the whole point of it is to run for those who can't to fund more stem cell research for people with spinal cord injuries, um, I guess, predominantly focusing on kind of athletes and things like that's why Red Bull is involved in it. Um, So that's been going on for a while. What is kind of some of the new development? Because I know that we're, I don't believe we're at the point yet that people with spinal cord injuries can make full recoveries in this. So where is that at? And then where do you kind of slot in with what's coming up? Yeah, well, it actually ties into what I'm most excited about the reason we'll be able to solve spinal cord injury eventually, I think using regenerative medicine, is because of tissue engineering. Uh, and like I was talking about just before we started recording the call about the ability to print tissue and grow and then using stem cells with printing tissue and then being able to combine those two to repair big structural problems like spinal cord injury. Because right now the problem with spinal cord injury is if you have like a you know a big gap in the spinal cord or something, putting stem cells in there isn't going to re- re- reattach that, right? Um, but you need something to reattach that. And that's where the 3D bioprinting with stem cells comes in. 
And so they're already doing studies in mice with this type of thing. And so I don't think it's too far away where we'll be able to repair spinal cord and help them walk again type of thing. Um, I think like end of the decade is when I would expect to see that type of stuff happening in clinical research, which is super exciting. Um, and, you know, so I would say that's something I'm most excited about is tissue engineering combined with the cell therapy. Uh, so it's a com combination of those two. That's going to be really cool. And are you just so jazzed that you are kind of at this point in your career when this many advances are happening? Or has this always been something ticking away in the back of your mind that you've wanted to pursue? No, yeah, for sure. Like it was like one of those things like, it's like you go, like most people going to becoming a doctor because we want to help people, you know, and then, but then like some of us just put up with the status quo and we're okay just doing what we do. Uh, and then some of us, like myself, was just kind of like, why am I just like solving the symptom and not treating the cause? I'm a huge fan of Dr. Mark Hyman, and he obviously was a neurologist who has now moved into really dedicating a lot of his life to helping people with inflammatory diseases, you know, food and your mind and that kind of thing. Are you kind of on that path as well, taking science? I am, but I'm more about, I'm more about the technology, which, right. um, and the, 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 the research and development and having access to the world's best technology. So for example, I'm, yes, I'm a huge fan of the lifestyle stuff, but of course some people do all that and they're still not better. So yeah. then it's like, what's next? And so that's where I come in with stem cell and using them appropriately. Uh, and then making sure you have good quality stem cells because the stem cell manufacturing process, there's a lot of nuance in that too. Like how you grow the stem cells and knowing how to make sure you have good quality stem cells. And then also, uh, we also have gene therapy now, which is incredible because I should tell you a little bit about it just because it's so cool. It's it's called follostatin. Okay. And follostatin is this molecule that basically inhibits myostatin. And myostatin, have you ever seen those pictures of those like big cows that are really muscular? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah I most people have. I'm like, an actress and I've worked with one, yes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most people know when, when you say that, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen those cows, yeah. So yeah. why are those cows so muscular? It's because they have a myostatin deficiency. And so myostatin basically blocks or sets a limit on how much muscle you can put on. So mm -hmm. when you don't have that myostatin as much, so the follistatin, when you take it, it blocks myostatin, meaning it allows you to put on more muscle. Um, but it's not like you're going to become like those jack cows, but essentially it's going to have an anti-catabolic effect. So when you lose weight, you're not going to lose muscle because a lot of people diet and they're actually losing muscle and fat. And it's a big problem because they don't realize they're actually losing muscle too. And losing that muscle causes a big issue. So we have this new technology now. It's a, it's a, it's just came out. It's just came out this year. It's called follistatin gene therapy. And it actually increases your follistatin levels and decreases your myostatin. And in the phase one trial that we're just publishing this year, it shows all the patients lost like visceral body fat, like meaning their fat around their abdomen, which is like the most inflammatory fat. Mm. And people like, I were patients in the trials who were literally not trying to lose weight, but they would lose like 30 pounds and it was all fat and it, they would lose no muscle. It's because we have DEXA scans to show that, which is, which is incredible, which is what you want. Because the problem with like, like you probably heard of like Ozempic, right? Like the weight loss drug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like well, I know that we don't have it in New Zealand. Uh, I don't believe, but I've seen it advertised in America. We don't allow yeah. <laughs> advertising for big pharma. I don't believe in New Zealand or I don't see it. So yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. 
It's funny but when it, foreigners come to America and they're like, why is there dr- like, you know, pharmaceutical drugs being advertised? And then they have these huge disclaimers. We think it's quite comedic, but it's actually very serious. I don't mean to laugh at it, but because it's so foreign to us, we're like, what is this? <laughs> exactly. In Canada, we're not allowed either. I find it I find it comedic too, because it's just like, this is so ridiculous. But, yeah. but at the same time, people, yeah, people don't, a lot of people don't know and they listen to that stuff. So, um, but Zempic was this weight loss drug a lot of people started doing because it got popular online and it turned out like that there was just a recent study that just um, Peter Tia was talking about how it actually loses the people who lost fat or lost weight, two thirds of it was actually muscle and one third was fat. Mm. So when you're losing muscle and fat, that's not good because the muscle is so much more active biologically, uh, meaning it helps to protect your body. So it's just, it's just so like, so to answer your question, long answer, yes, I'm in the same boat as Mark Hyman, but I'm also in biotech and development. And so we have, I'm lucky because I work with like these tech companies and um, and we're working on gene edited stem cells too. And which is it's not ready yet, but in a few years, we'll be able to edit the stem cells so we can target exactly what we want. Um, and then we have this follow statin gene therapy, which is, uh, in my opinion, is pretty revolutionary um, based off, you know, the study that we have. And I've done it, I did it on myself a month ago and I already feel stronger, more energy. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. That makes me happy. I, I have to ask because, you know, I'm, really fascinated about leveling up and being around great minds and things like that. How this you can answer this as much as or as little as you want to because they these are personal questions, but I'm curious with someone who has a mind like yours which is always curious and always seeking out things. How do you find finding friends and peers and stuff and do you, are you constantly looking to level up and how does that affect your life socially because I imagine that you want to be the dumbest person in a room of smart people constantly. <laughs> And oh yeah, not, yeah, exactly. I, I usually, I usually am. So that's, a, that's the way I like to live my life. And you're very I, humble, I, but I'm sure that that you know, like people, a lot of people get stuck in relationships and friendships and aren't always inspired and curious and end up becoming quite stagnant as humans. What do you do, or what kind of practices do you have to make sure that you're constantly evolving? Well, I think the big thing is like why you're doing what you're doing. If you have a big passion and as well as a big reason that's bigger than yourself then you're going to be purpose driven and if you're purpose driven that's going to keep you going even in the hard moments mm. the problem is a lot of people even in medicine unfortunately they go into medicine because the prestige the respect the money whatever and they're not really truly doing it for the right reasons like for me it always came from a desire to wanting to help people uh which just as like it became more and more as i got more into it um and then i kind of got to a point where it was like okay I feel like I've reached my peak in terms of being able to help people on the individual level. So how can I scale this? So that's where the technology aspect comes in and research and uh, also social media, because then you're able to reach way more people and help more people all over the world. And like, you know, I've treated patients in every continent of the world, which is pretty cool. And I've been able to travel. Um, like I worked in Dubai for four months this year. I was just in Japan learning about some stem cell work and I'm going to Italy next month to work there. Uh, so it's just it's just so much fun doing it, that and helping people all over the world. But the biggest the biggest driver is just because I'm genuinely very authentic and wanting to just make a big difference and have the biggest impact and as I can. Um, so I think if you have the right reasons to, for what you're doing, then it'll keep you motivated even in challenging moments. But uh, but then that that's that takes a lot of work too because people don't always know why they're doing what they're doing. They don't have a big mission or purpose, you know, and that's. That takes a lot of work to figure that out. Do you find it hard to balance kind of normal life shit because you're kind of doing all these amazing? Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't. I, 
Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't do normal life shit anymore. <laughs> it's like, I just can't. I, it's almost to a point where it's like, yeah, it's almost like I'm doing like this, this uh, like pretty groundbreaking work. And then it's like, and then it's like, I'm not, yeah, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I don't go grocery shopping. I don't clean. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I have people do all that stuff now and or hire people. Like, it's just, I yeah. or have admins and I have executives. Like, it's just, I don't know. I also believe like, obviously not everyone can do that. But if you can get to a point where you financially are okay, but then it, allow, it frees up your mind for creative work. And that creative work lets you do and provide more to society than like cleaning dishes or something. You know what I mean? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with cleaning dishes. It's just like, yeah. I just don't enjoy it. So I'm not going to do it. Well, that's really good that you kind of prioritize your time like that. I have to say that I am very poorly disciplined that even as a creative, I, I'm, if you put a task on me and a deadline, I would overachieve the shit out of it, have it to you <laughs> beforehand. But when it comes to my own creative endeavors, I really lack the same discipline because I am such a people pleaser. I don't know if you feel that way or it sounds like you're quite disciplined. (laughs) I am disciplined, but I am also a people pleaser. So that's the... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's a tough one. Um, I love that. I love that you kind of have prioritized time and creativity and know where your energy is best served. I, I really aspire to be better at that. And uh, this conversation will jolt me forward in that direction. Uh, I'm curious about, obviously, this is a mental health podcast at its core. Um, Has there been any development with sort of stem cell research around any mental health benefits? Or, and I'm curious as it pertains maybe primarily to gut health, you speak a lot about gut health uh, as it pertains to inflammation. Um, Is there, yeah, I'm wondering if there's any tie-ins with sort of depression or anxiety or any of those functions. Yeah, there, there is actually, because exactly like you said, what is, you know, we know that now, like we understand so much more about depression and anxiety. It's, it doesn't just have to do with serotonin, it's neuroinflammation and the gut brain access and how it communicates with one another. And so a lot of that has to do where does this inflammation come from, right? It's your immune system. And where's most of your immune system? In your gut. So if you just go back to what the root cause is, most of it is the gut. And so we can repair and restore that using regenerative medicine, specifically stem cells, uh, because the, if you do, for example, intravenous stem cells and exosomes, um, they modulate your immune system. So meaning they help to shift your body from a pro-inflammatory state to an anti-inflammatory state. And then they also cross the blood-brain barriers, and so meaning they can actually go into the brain, and then they can actually help to reduce inflammation there as well. So there's multiple ways that is going to help uh, modulate your system. And then there's actually like there's actually procedures we're doing too, uh, where we use um, exosomes and stem cells into what's called the stellate ganglion and the vagus nerve. Uh, so f- for people who don't know, like the stellate ganglion and the vagus nerve basically are kind of the master, the vagus nerve specifically re- helps to regulate your uh, parasympathetic system, which is what helps you relax. So a lot of people are in sympathetic overdrive, right? Especially people with anxiety or PTSD. Hello. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I'm familiar with these terms purely because they are, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of people constantly, and yeah, adrenal fatigue. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? It's like you you can't you can't calm your system down. And so some people need that. To, it's like press, basically it's pressing the reset button when we do the injections into the vagus uh, and to the stellate ganglion. There's actually, there's published studies on that too, but it's pretty cool that you can, it's almost like pressing the reset button and helping your body to uh, rewire itself, uh, which is what, what some people need, but especially with PTSD, that's where we do it for a lot of veterans and people yeah. like that. 
How available is that? It's something I haven't heard of before. So obviously, uh, there are there. I mean, you have to have the right practitioner to do it. Like I wouldn't like uh, how available. There's probably I can probably count on one hand how many doctors can do that in North America. Like okay. so, oh. it's not it's, it's not like like a new <laughs> development. Yeah, it's, it's there's the, the problem is there's so much there's so much happening, but like yeah, doctors yeah. are just so in their like you know pharma world, right? Or like they just go to once a year drug sponsored talk. So unless you're really in the field and like talk like talking with scientists, talking with like to other top doctors, you won't really know what's going on, you know. And so there are doctors doing it, but there's just like the conventional like no, if you go to your average doctor, they'll have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. They'll just but there is like there is what's called a stellate ganglion block which is where they just put anesthetic into the stellate ganglion. And so just numbing and that can still have an effect for like three months. Um, so that, that most doctors, I would say like interventional pain doctors would know about that for like PTSD or anxiety. They would know how to do that. But again, that's not solving the problem. The cause. Um, no, that's again. Yeah, that's and it's, it's just kind of giving you some temporary relief, which might allow you to do some therapy. Um, but I think, I think even with what we do, which is trying to reprogram your immune system and reprogram your nervous system, Mm. A lot of times you need to do that in conjunction with some sort of like, um, you know, medically assisted uh, psychotherapy, you know, where like I'm a, you know, obviously like I think I'm sure you know about like psilocybin and like mm -hmm. other kind of um, dissociative yeah. like therapies where you're doing it with assisted therapy. Like that works really well, I think, for a lot of mental health issues. But Canada is still really far behind in that. Um, I think U.S. is too because of regulations. But like yeah. when I was in Dubai, when I was in Dubai, like they, they actually approved using um, ketamine and psilocybin assisted therapy. So it's, it's awesome. approved there. So it's like a, a lot of places yeah. have it approved, but yeah. There is a lot of stigma around it. And I think it's just because it's new or it's different or it doesn't. Yeah, but it's, uh, I've been very fortunate enough to have guests who have done, you know, uh, microdosing LSD or, you know, psilocybin sort of, uh, guided uh, processes or ayahuasca and things like that and found exactly. it really pivotal um, dealing with their mental health issues or especially when it comes to trauma um, therapy as well with them. You know, and obviously everyone needs to do their own research, but um, I can't deny the fact that we've had people here who have, it's been really life-changing for them, um, that kind of rewiring. Um, I yeah. am curious as well as sort of like practices or best practices that people can do at home that, you know, maybe they don't currently have access to these kind of things. What have you seen in terms of practical tools, tips, or tricks that people can do to help um, with their own health and inflammation to set them up for success? I know you speak about, you know, we're not adapted to process refined sugars yet and other things like that because of our genetics. Um, yeah, is there kind of like three top tips that if everyone did it, they would at least improve their health somewhat? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Like, the lowest hanging fruit is definitely a, a meditation, uh, I think, because it's such an easy thing for anyone to do. And people, I don't think, I think a lot of people still don't understand the impact it can have um, because there's something called a relaxation response, which is actually a physiological response that you can elicit with meditation or mindfulness practice. Uh, and essentially what that does is it, it kind of changes your hormonal profile from like that you know, again, like that kind of um, flight or fight, like sympathetic overtone with adrenal dysregulation, which is high cortisol. Um, and so it can help with that. And it can also help not just relax your body, but also with, um, with you know, fatigue, with uh, chronic stress. There's so many, so many things people deal with. And I don't think they always appreciate how much meditation, which is such a simple tool to do on a daily basis. Uh, and it's, but I would say that I guess the, the thing that some people 
thing because they have to sit in a room and they have to like listen to you know some yogi and mm-hmm. something like that which is not necessarily true right like meditation can be whatever makes you feel present in the moment and so it could be like for me sometimes I, when I work out I feel like I'm meditating you know what I mean just because I'm focused on that and this it's it's something that helps relax me but not everyone's like that obviously so you have to find what helps you to be in that kind of state of mind where you're not focused thinking about anything else and able to elicit that relaxation response. But a lot of people just sit on the TV and just, you know, watch either content or on YouTube, whatever. Um, and unfortunately, you might feel relaxed in your, you know, like you think you're relaxed, but you're not actually relaxed. And you don't you don't get that relaxation response with that passive um, consumption of entertainment. You need to do some something, something act, like active engagement of like a leisurely activity to actually get that relaxation response. Uh, so that that's something everyone should try to incorporate and it's, and it's accessible to everyone now because it's so easy to learn how to do that with apps and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one that's probably harder for some people because it does take coaching and training, I think, for a lot of people, but it's progressive resistance training uh, because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know on my Instagram, I talk about this all the time, is the muscle mm-hmm. as like the organ of longevity, as Gabriella Lyon likes to say, but it's essentially muscle is the organ that's going to help to keep your quality of life as you age. And after age 35, you start losing like half a percent to what percent muscle mass every year. Um, so if you're not doing something actively to fight it, you're just losing muscle every year. And so it's, and it, you can't just, you can't just show up to the gym and just like do whatever you feel like. <laughs> and unfortunately our bodies don't work like that. It's complicated. And you have to know how to do a progressive resistance program, which actually takes a trained professional, I think, to show people uh, and a lot of people still don't, you know, they sh- they might do some classes here and there. I'm not against cardiovascular training. I think it's still useful. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not going to have the same health benefits as being strong. Um, mm-hmm. Being being strong, like, this is a perfect example. Like, if you smoke, like, two, if you smoke, like, a uh, pack of cigarettes a day, it increases your risk of dying, like, 44%, like, it all cause, what's called all-cause mortality. Um, so, meaning on any given day, you have increase of, like, 44% di- chance of dying. Guess, guess how much percentage... Like if you have, if you're, if you're in the top for five percentile for muscle mass, guess how much it decreases your risk of dying? Like three hundred percent. Wow. So, so think about like you could even outweigh the negatives of smoking if you just work out and have good amount of muscle. Like you bite a lot. <laughs> so, wow. which is which is crazy, right? So people people still I think underappreciate the importance of muscle mass, which is why I'm can such I, a huge fan. Yeah. yeah. Can I zoom in on that for a second? Because I I do kind of know what you're talking about, but when you say uh, like special programs, does it mean that there are special muscle groups that you need to have the information to be focused on? Is that kind of what you're saying? So like if I'm going to the gym a few times a week, like doing training mate, which is sort of like a circuit workout with some weights in it, that's not what you mean, right? You mean like- No, that, because that's not a, because it's not going to, those are more like usually short intervals and you're kind of yes. going more for cardiovascular type of training, which is fine, right. but it's not like, it's, it's, it's different from progressive resistance training, which is high intensity. Sometimes you're resting for even a few minutes in between sets. Got it. You know, it's, it's very different. Okay, great. I will figure that out. <laughs> but I just wanted to clarify rather than pretend I know what you're talking about. So that's no, good. yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah. And that's, that's why I think having a coach makes such a big difference because they can teach yeah. you how to do it. It's not easy, even for like, I was a trainer before I went to medicine and like, even I have a coach, you know, but it's because you have to know how to program. And programming isn't, it's not, it's, there's like what's called periodization, which is meaning you have to alternate different blocks and cycles and stuff like that. You can't just do the same routine because then your body gets used to it and adapts. Your body's so smart. Your body's so smart. So you have to keep outsmarting it to stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. And then what about like uh, food and alcohol? 
I mean, I'm sure alcohol. Yes, and that that was gonna be the third thing. Super inflammatory. Well, the third, yeah, the third thing was gonna be about uh, yeah minimally processed foods because there's so many diets, and you know, Mark Hyman, like for example, wrote a book about like the fat, you know, eating fat, get thin type of thing, but. I don't, I don't agree with like one size fits all approach. Like I think you have to individualize and customization is going to be tricky for some people. It depends on what you have access to, but almost everyone now can customize their nutrition because there's something called the DNA company, which is just really convenient salivary test. You just put in it, you send it to them four weeks later, they'll send you back the results and it'll tell you based off your genetics, what type of food you should be eating or avoiding. Uh, and that's a really easy way to start you know, customization. And then of course you can do more advanced stuff like continuous glucose monitors, uh, blood work to check your inflammatory markers and, and cholesterol, all that stuff to see how you respond to different nutrition protocols. Because there's such a big difference between like someone like you could eat like carnivore diet and you'd be perfectly fine and you feel great. Mm-hmm. But someone like me could eat it and my cholesterol goes through the roof and I don't feel so good. So there's, there's just, right. there's always gonna be individualization that needs to be done. Um, and so there's no way to say, okay, you know, this food's inflammatory. It's like inflammatory to, for who? And like, right. so you have to really customize. And I think in general, like, a yes, a very broad rule is minimally processed food because yes, eating, you know, eating minimally processed food just means like eat like oats, sweet potato, quinoa, like real carbs, like meat, vegetables, fruits, like that most people can understand intuitively. But then even the problem there is because our soil is so depleted, vegetables and fruits don't even have a lot of nutrients anymore. And so unless you're eating a lot of organ meats, it's hard to even get enough nutrients. So it's just like, there's a lot of tricky things going on that people don't always understand. And they're like, I eat healthy, but they don't, they're not actually eating healthy. You know what I mean? I, uh, yeah, I recently just learned uh, from a friend of mine who has a winery actually about biodynamic soil. And they are one of the few wineries in South Australia who grow their grapes in biodynamic soil and their food as well. So I've just been learning a little bit about that and how like, you know, their carrot is like 10 times better for you. And yes, exactly. Yeah. And- it's like the apple. There's a, so even app, like, so if you get a wild apple from like Nepal or something, it has like a thousand percent more nutrients than the apples we get from the farm here. It's crazy. Wow. Do you think that there are like, because of that and this science, there will be a move towards people trying to become more self-sustainable again? Like, are you better? I think to- so. Yeah. yeah. And this, I think like, you know, that's the way people are moving. But it, the problem is like, it has to be a governmental wow. thing for there to be enough impact, right? Like, yeah. the average the average person still doesn't know like what they, they think if they're eating an apple or they're eating some vegetables that they're getting what they should be getting, but they're not. And it's just, it's, it's a shame because there's no like, like even organic, right? Like a lot of organic stuff is still devoid of nutrients. Uh, mm-hmm. So it just because it's organic doesn't mean it's healthy, but the marketers have done a good job marketing it. And they, you know, as they always do. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> as they do, Miss Consumer Sponge right here. Don't you worry. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, oh, fun, I'll buy that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, I just kind of wanted to ask, because I was uh, curious as someone who's in the science field, when it comes to probiotics and prebiotics, do you have an opinion on that when it comes to gut health? Because I did learn that sometimes things aren't actually FDA approved. There's not a, as much information around it. So are you someone who, uh, in your opinion, like we should be taking pro or prebiotics to help with that gut health if we can't have access to STEM research? Or are we better to try and fix it with more fermented foods because there is a chance we don't even know what's in the <laughs> supplement? Yeah, I mean, I'm always a fan of nutrition, lifestyle stuff first, and then yeah. supplement second. So yes, mm-hmm. if you can incorporate daily fermented vegetables, 
uh, and have fiber because fiber is the best source of prebiotics, right? So people just don't eat enough fibers. Like you should aim for at least 10 grams of fiber per thousand calories. So if you're like a female eating like 1500 calories, at least 15 grams of fiber, that's like the bare minimum, I would say. Okay. And but a lot of people don't even get that. And they, you know, because a lot of foods, you know, don't have fiber. So, um, so you, you got to be mindful and check that. I think if, but yeah, if you have the combination of good fiber, uh, combined with, uh, fermented vegetables, that's the best. If you can't, then, uh, then yes, having a broad spectrum probiotic that has prebiotic and probiotics in it is probably going to be your best bet. And then you can combine that even with like a soil based probiotic, which is kind of complements that, but um, it could, and then that's the thing too. I think there's a lot of individualization even with that because it's like, you know, does everyone need to take a probiotic? Probably not, but some people have gut issues may need to, but there's like a, there's like an approach to do that too. So the, the book I recommend usually for that is called healthy gut, healthy you. I don't know if you've heard of Michael Ruscio. He's like a, a gut guy. He's like a gut specialist, but like, he's like a gut guru, I would say for this type of stuff. And he wrote a whole book yeah. on like, you know, like a stepwise approach. Like if you have gut issues, like don't just like, you know, just start eliminating foods haphazardly. He kind of walks you through like how to do it type of thing. Great. Okay. Yeah, no, I will do that. I, um, you know, obviously with uh, being diagnosed with depression and anxiety and then being like, oh yeah, I just thought everyone had an upset tummy every day. Like there's just a <laughs> lot of things that I... Uh... Well, you know what works, you know what works the best? And actually in Australia, they have this, there's a clinic there that's famous. Um, it's, it's the FMT, like the poop, the poop transplant or the poop pills. Yes. You don't even have to take, you don't even have to do a poop transplant anymore. They come in pills, capsules. So just say like taking FMT, like it's like, think of it like high dose probiotics. Um, and you, you take them for like four to six months to reset your whole gut and then improve the gut microbial uh, diversity. We're doing that uh, in Mexico and um, because for a lot of our patients who have chronic issues, um, you have to, you have to treat the gut uh, because like we were talking about earlier, the gut communicates with everything. So for mental health, for yeah. like veteran patients, but also for like chronic pain patients sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's all, honestly, I just feel like uh, kind of embarking on this podcast, realizing like, oh, it's all connected, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I, I'm someone who kind of gets um, thrush or yeast infections a lot. As soon as I'm run down, that's how my body responds. So it just feels like the chemistry in my body is just not well. well you should you should check out that. I can send it, but there's yeah. a guy actually in Australia. He's like, a, he's like the world's, one of the world's famous gastroenterologists. He's actually in Australia. And he's the one, he's the one who pioneered his wait list is like, I think one of my patients was telling me he was trying to go, it's like two years for FMT. Uh, but he's like super, like he's the FMT guy, you know what I mean? Okay. And he has, he has capsules that he sells that you can buy and get them from him. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm totally open to trying like, like, you know, on my journey, I just, I didn't, because I look the way I do, or I, you know, come across fit and I have energy and things like that. It's, uh, it's, so imagine how much better you could be if you fixed your gut. Well, I know that's, <laughs> that's what, I'm like, Oh, I'm operating fine, but I do, you know, I do have a tendency to have burnout every year. And, you know, I get sick once a year. That's usually quite dramatic, That usually ends up in hospitalization just cause I, you know, burn the candle at both ends. And, um, because I do, you know, my anxiety fuels me to keep going. And I'm sure like yourself, an overachiever, you can be prone to certain, you know, resting is not something that I enjoy doing. So yeah. I'm really struggling with that. I don't know if that is something that you struggle with, but switching off is not my it's favorite thing. Very hard. <laughs> um, hey, well, thank you so much for your time. I feel like I've learned a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so, so much. Uh, is there anything that you've kind of got coming up that people can tune into or that you would recommend people kind of checking you out? 
No, yeah. I mean, uh, Instagram and I, it's at dr.acon. Um, on TikTok, I'm the regen doc. TikTok seems to be just blowing up, I guess, because it's just, I don't know, I guess a lot of people are on there, but it's just, <laughs> I, I, I've like the last few patient consults I've had, I'm like, how did you find me? They're like, TikTok. I'm like, what? That's Great. crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah, I, I, business, roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, exactly. That's what I said. I'm like, Hey, I guess I'll roll with it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I, I try to post regular content uh, and try to share good information. And um, I think people, yeah, if they're in, interested in cell therapy, gene therapy, tissue engineering, that's, I think I really, I mean, I don't think it's just me, but medicine is headed in that direction. Uh, you'll see the transformation happening over the next 20 years. Uh, and uh, we're at the beginning of that transformation. So I'll be definitely continue posting content on that stuff. Love that. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. Yeah, thank you.